Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Episode 8, You Know You're Thriving When. Okay, this week's episode is is interesting. It's a little bit, ties together everything we've had up to this point. Gives us a metric. Yeah. The episode is titled, You Know You Are Thriving When blank. So listeners, what you need to do is either pause the podcast or if you're driving down the road, think about this. This is a thought experiment, right? You know you are thriving, not just surviving, when blank. And write down your answers and you might be surprised. So what we're going to do is take turns and share our share our responses to that and then talk about them and kind of tie them in with what we've talked about up to this point. And I'll go first. Okay? That's fine. Yeah. Okay. You know you are thriving when... You grow your own food, maybe not all of it, but you have some to share. So we're not talking about farming 100%. You may have an apartment, you may have a pot that you're growing stuff in. You may have a raised bed, you may have a small garden. But be the best that you can be with that. When you've grown more of any one thing than you personally want or can consume, You've reached abundance. Mm -hmm. That would have to be more than surviving, so that would be thriving, yes. And then say you grow peppers in your garden or you grow peppers in a pot on your patio. So you are adapting the seeds to your area and you're figuring out what you like. And then hopefully you're having the conversation with your friends on uh, what they like and you can share. As we go through these, we're not saying that this is the idea. We're not saying we have all of this together. Well, thriving also depends on your life intention. Right, and that's the point. If you've done the self-inventory, then you know what your goals are. And if, if your goal is to grow peppers on your back porch, and that's a step towards whatever, yeah. then, then, uh, then you've your intention. made it to thriving. Surviving is kind of a miserable place. <laughs> and, um, see, I kind of already... I was going to say when you reach abundance, mm-hmm. but then you're tied right in there, so then... Well, so, so okay, see, um, so what's, uh, what's abundance then? Abundance is when you have more than you need and definitely more than you want. Mm-hmm. When, when, you, when you've gotten past need, you're starting for abundance. Sure. You've moved out of thriving because to get past needs, you're out of survival mode, right? Survival right. mode is all about getting needs taken care of when you start taking off wants when you get taking off those high level luxury wants mm-hmm. you're definitely thriving and that would be abundance when the chickens are producing more eggs than you can eat when the garden's producing more food than you can eat when your social calendar is more full than it was before and in a healthy way right you don't mm-hmm. have those are all would be abundance of material or social or right yeah, and then and then one of my follow up ones was you think of things and values other than money. You think in those you have already moved beyond money to the other eight forms of capital. So you mentioned several things in your definition of abundance that were not money based. Almost all of them were not money based, right? Right. So you know, it's it's easy to take the money based one. I mean, every, every almost everybody hits thriving mm-hmm. on that. Sure, but it's not quite enough. Mm-hmm. You can give your extra eggs to someone and they have that they're brown eggs they're magic eggs right they're yeah. not those white eggs from the store right and even better bonus if you have those 
those blue Easter egg ones from Australorps or whatever, then those are super duper magic eggs. And uh, they have more perceived value. Perceived value. And uh, you up your social capital by doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. Just like any yeah. gift or exchange of value. Yeah, it's, sure. It's, especially yeah. if you don't ask for anything in, initially in return. Whether you ask for anything in return or not, the fact you did something nice for somebody mm -hmm. creates social capital. Sure. It, do, it doesn't have to be back. They, they could still pay you. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you did it is right. social capital. It, it's it's building a relationship. Your turn. So you know you're thriving when the power goes out and you have enough flashlights and you can go to sleep. Because you know it's going to be okay, or you can take care of whatever, and that 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 happened the other night, and I mm -hmm. was like, "This is thriving." Because you know, sometimes when that has happened in the past, right? I didn't have like I have emergency lights all over the house, so the power goes out, all the lights come on, or the night lights stay on, right? Because they're battery operated, and then you can still see to get around. You can get to the tote where the extra flashlights and batteries are, and you've got those, and you're okay, right? And you go mm -hmm. cook dinner on the propane stove or whatever, and everything went pretty much the way it normally does, and there's no stress and anxiety there. And that's actually a position of thriving. Right, exactly, yeah. There's no yelling, screaming people, no right. panic people. What if are we going to do? What are we gonna do? minimal disruption. But, yeah, that, that's a big one, yeah. Yeah, and and, and that's he, the whole thing. And people people buy their generators, and they don't start them. And then they start them for the first time when a storm comes and they're without power. I had a generator that I bought back in the summertime. And when I brought it home, I started it up and it started shooting gas out the side. Ouch. So, you know, where the carburetor was. Right. Yeah, and, the uh, and, the, yeah. and the gas gauge on the top didn't work. Hmm. And it wouldn't start. Yeah. So yeah. if I would have waited until there was a storm, we would have been in trouble. It would have been very stressful. It would have turned because you thought you were going to be thriving through sure. that, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden something went wrong. That like ups the stress more than it yeah. would have been if you didn't have the generator. And it's really, really hard to get those, take those back, right? You can't take them back to the store. All right. You have to call tech support and the tech support of all of the generator companies are infamously sucky. So I, yep. I was on the phone for two hours and then two more weeks went by until I got an RMA so I could take it back to the store. Yeah, a big circus. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, basically, if if something happened in that situation, you want to have some sort of backup or some other option, right? Because people are freaking out. If you have kids, they're freaking out, you know. And if you can even bring something up where you're powering their TV and they can watch something or see a DVD or something, then you can have them with some LED lights over in the corner, leaving you alone so you can deal with stuff. Like you said, we had a storm last night, 80 mile an hour winds. Yeah. It blew the barn door, the side barn door, off of the lower runner. Mm-hmm. And it started flapping around. That, that's... <laughs> by the, and it was only held on by the runners up at the top of the door. And this is a heavy, huge door, right? It's right. one of those Morton building doors. Right. You got to go over there with it flapping and yeah, get it, it under flapping. control. And, and yeah. uh, I was holding it and it was pushing me. Yeah. It's a big kite. 
Yeah, it was a kite. And it had also moved far enough where it was too far over. So we had to take some rope and we had to tie it down somewhat until this morning and then figure out how to get it back on there. One of the runners started coming, the pulleys started coming off of the top runner. Mm. And somehow we managed to get that back on there and got the door back where it needed to be. It's a little bent up, but you know. But yeah, I mean, if um, if we had kids at home and they're freaking out, then we could have started something, a generator or whatever, right. and had them watching something while we took care of that. You know, not to mention the fact there were, when that happened, the animals were getting in the in the barn right. where the hay was because you know there's not usually a gate or anything right there because there's a door. Right. So you know, and uh, so what else do you have there? So one of the things is. You talked about resilience, right? Resilience means you can bounce back when something happens to you. But it's not just resilience in that situation, but also not in not just in goods, but also spiritually and mentally. Mentally is a big one. And mentally is probably the foundational one because, you know, we've we've seen tough economic times, you know, we've seen tough stuff happen and uh well, it- People are very reliant on their mental state and outlook to decide their reality. Mm-hmm. People that have a very strong spiritual outlook are not quite the same, but we all have an over-reliance on a mental state. Sure. And it drives everything that happens to you in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Very easily can get you off track. And so right. being resilient there to be able to, to put a derailed thought process back back on the rails and be productive again is big so yeah if if you've got control of that through whatever circumstances you know family dying or Mm -hmm. losing jobs or whatever you know the car breaking down on the side of the road right those are all things that can derail you mentally sure that that one last straw that breaks camel's back i mean we we Mm -hmm. hit that point all the time and the quicker you can get out of that Bad attitude, angry attitude, frustrated attitude, depressed mindset. You know, you should you should get sad <laughs> and depressed when somebody dies, right? But right. there is a resilience to it, right? Some people never get back out of that. If mm-hmm. you can get back out of all those life situations in a good amount of time for yourself, then yeah, you're thriving. Sure. And one of our taglines, of course, is uh, finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. So we know tough times are coming. Um, yes. One of the things that's been really surprising is um, prepper people that we know that prepped and they're stocked high to the ceiling with stuff, but they didn't prepare mentally. They didn't prepare for the really not just the SH, you know, FT, it's the TF, <laughs> but also, you know, what do I do if I lose my job, right? It's because they, they, they prepared for an invasion. Yeah, zombie apocalypse. Or something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they didn't prepare for, I lost my job, or Mm -hmm. the store doesn't have things like, I mean, there's shortages, there's fuel shortages, raising Mm -hmm. prices on that. Yeah, one one good example is Hurricane Harvey, right, in Texas a couple years ago. Right. Um, The folks evacuated from Houston, and uh, they took off up the interstate towards Dallas, and then ran out of gas, ran out of food, ran yeah. out of whatever at the rest stops, 
and all the rest stops ran out of money in the in the ATMs. All of the all of the convenience stores ran out of gas. All of the convenience stores ran out of food, and all these people were. Stranded. There's a place where you you need to be mentally resilient, spiritually resilient, and mm-hmm. then sure. able to plan the next step. Right. Exactly. So I mean, you know, you may have. But tons of toilet paper, but do but but when you're stuck in those situations and you can't get that mental resiliency, you're stuck in survival mode. But sure. when you can hit that resiliency and go on, yes, you are mm-hmm. driving. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay, your turn. I'm starting to think that we need a podcast on mentally yep. mental resiliency. Yeah, I think that's where I was going with the idea that we were talking about last week about uh, spiritual capital and okay. stuff. Yeah. We'll work it out. It just struck me that I'm not sure we quite had. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, that's um, good. That's a good topic, right? Rabbit trails today. Um, no, no, that's okay. This is a grab bag episode. So you know when you're thri- you're thriving when you face difficulty, mm-hmm. but it's that difficulty that stretches you and causes you to grow. We look at thriving as a final destination. Sure. But we can look at a plant and say, that plant is thriving. Mm-hmm. And we mean it's growing through a hot summer. It's growing through a drought. It's, or it's just growing well, right? Weeds thrive. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen that with people, right? There are some people that thrive in school. There are some people that thrive when they get to university. There are some people that thrive at a certain job. And we've seen people that, you know, were not thriving, hit that point where they do, and they just looks like they took off, right? Mm-hmm. But thriving is that growth. But that growth comes from a difficulty. It's different than the difficulty we just talked about, right? It's a sure. It's a growth process. So mm-hmm. if you're growing, you're probably thriving, or you're going to be. Correct. And that goes into my next topic: is you you save seed, and you have developed land races, which means you have your plants adapted to your land. So yes. that sounds like oh wait, climate, that doesn't yeah. that doesn't sound like anything you've been talking about. But see, this is a key. When you buy seeds, that seed has a memory. It was selected based on where it was grown, right? It's self-selected based on where it was grown. Right. Um, the soil, the the climate and everything else. So if you buy seeds from Missouri, you're buying seeds that thrived in that Missouri soil, that Missouri climate. I right. bought some chestnuts from the Pacific Northwest. Northwest. The reason I bought them was because they had different varieties that I didn't see anywhere else. They all failed because you got to baby those. Yeah, <laughs> they did not like Kansas whatsoever because they had the memory of the Pacific Northwest. You've all, you almost have you have I guess a deficiency in water unless we're in a wet year. Right. You have way more wind. Mm-hmm. You have a hotter summer. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. A more so, direct sun in the summer. So learn to save your own seeds, whether it be watermelon or tomatoes or whatever else, and then you will eventually adapt them to grow on your land. Now, they'll get goofy because they'll be cross-pollinated with each other. Well, it's, it's, it's not okay. goofy. It's just not like the front of the package. Yeah, and that's the whole point is, see, the stuff that's in the package is actually inbred. Well, at some point, yeah. Yeah. And there's some heirloom varieties that, you know, they, they still cross with things and they still come out. Right, but they're pretty still much. pretty much inbred. You know, right. you're well, buying yeah. you're buying a black beauty tomato that's a black beauty tomato. Right. It's probably going to be true to form and be a black beauty tomato. Whereas if you have 
like I had pineapple tomatoes and I had, uh, um, you know, I had some other ones. It, those cross-pollinated, right? So I'm going right. to get some. You get a tomato. Yeah, there's some of them that are going to be different. There's some of them that are going to be true to form. And then, you know, little by little, they'll go out and um, you can see some some uh, some pictures and some books. where. And, and th this, is, this is where mental meets one of your other thriving, right? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. the way you look at that cross right. determines whether it's something. Because it could be the blue eggs. Sure. Mm -hmm. from the americana chickens right it's right the that's where the glass corn came from that you see in the right in but the catalog most people look at it and say it's funky it's weird it right. isn't what i wanted i've got to go buy seeds and start over mm -hmm. and that's not mental resiliency sure mental resiliency says okay what do i have mm -hmm. it's not what i wanted exactly but and then you go from there and then you have the blue eggs so, you know you are thriving when you're always learning. Yes. Well. It's really sad yeah. to have conversations with kids nowadays because they're like, I don't want to read. I don't see any reason to read. We've I mean, given them very few. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's like, uh, I really... But, so you want to live in the Matrix. <laughs> I mean, I'm well constantly reading just because... Some some of that's cultural, right? Yeah, I know. And, and you can still be learning. Sure. Like uh, one of my my, my niece uh, was homeschooled her whole school career, but um, I taught one of her classes when she was younger, one of her first classes, and I said, "Well, let's teach her to do research." Mm -hmm. And so what we did was, you know, she was like in second grade, right? So she can't do a lot of it. But I said, what is one thing you want to know more about? Horses. Mm -hmm. So we looked at horses and we did it by, I'm going to show you how I learn about horses. So we put in horses in Google. We go look at the Wikipedia page. Any of these words we don't know, right? We write the, and she didn't read, but she learned. Mm -hmm. So some of it is the tools and some of it is culture. But we aren't teaching kids to do that, right? Right. By the time she was in third or fourth grade, the answer was, well, just Google it. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know, just Google it. Mm -hmm. And she was making me Google all kinds of things for her, right? Because she couldn't spell them or she couldn't work them out. And then when you could right. talk to Google with the speech thing on the phones, she was Googling all the time. Right. She taught herself to draw and do art by watching YouTube videos. That's awesome. Right. YouTube is something different to her than it is to everybody else. Mm -hmm. She does some goofing off with it, too, because everybody does, right? You need sure. to. But there is a learning that can happen that's outside of books. And sometimes, we, and we've seen that in history, where you have a very word-oriented society, and then you have a very speech-oriented society, and you have a very um, reading-based society, and then you have one that's basically plays and things like that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, and troubadours. and all, So that, that is a natural cycling thing that happens that we have to not quite look at as bad. But it is. Are you learning or are you vegetating? Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Because I can read a book that's just vegetating, too. Right. True. A lot of them. <laughs> good point. Good point. I, I walk past those sections in the library and everything else, right? But that is a big section. Mm-hmm. You know you're thriving when you know who to call. Right. When when, when something, when you need something, right? There's always one person to call, sure. right? Sure. There's one person that has the answer who can come help you or whatever, right? You are thriving when you know that person. Mm -hmm. When you have a problem and you don't know who to call, 
then your social is in survival mode. It's not right. in thriving level. That's excellent. Yeah, that that is what I had as well. So you have an issue where you have something and you can say, I know a guy and you mean it. Right. And you could call that person. And then this ties into the next thing that I had. You have meaningful relationships in your community mm-hmm. that are not just keeping track of who owes who what. Right? Yes. So well, yeah, community doesn't have time to track every little thing. Sure, sure. But you know, yeah. we've we've used the example before about how I have a friend who I have to think twice about giving them a gift because he's visually offended because he knows he owes me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, just relax and have a gift. I mean, you know, it's not but that big of a deal. We, we, we can tie this into another one. Uh-huh. You know you're thriving when when you ask what do you do and you're not valuing people by the career, mm, right? That's what do good. Because I've talked to some people that responded to our podcast and yeah. they said, no, when I ask somebody what they do, I want to know what it is they do so that we can trade things back and forth, whether it's work or wow, hobby great. goods or right. And I I'm like, like that. that's thriving. Mm-hmm. That, that's not social surviving. That's thriving because sure. it's you're seeing people for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I like that a lot. Um, that also goes into another one that I had was that um, you have a community where if someone, and we talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago, you have a community where you have, if someone asks you, how are you, you are safe to say the truth of what you're doing and you're not doing so great. Yes. And that is a very, very um, rare Well, because thriving is not skill. always being optimistic or happy right mm-hmm. thriving is more that i know i'm going to get through this sure and being honest that you're having a bad time right mm-hmm. i mean that, that, that can still be thriving because thriving right. is not a perfect utopia correct and it, it, it can't be exactly but being able to have the 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 kind of community the kind of relationships with folks where where you when somebody asks you that or even if they don't ask you that you can you are safe to share that stuff that, hey, I'm not doing great. Right. The last thing you want to do is not be great, tell somebody you're not great, and get beat up for it. Yeah. So two things happened to me this week that were along those lines. Two folks told me uh, problems that they were going to through. And uh, and one of the things that I said, so you said a couple weeks ago something that really um, uh, struck me was, I hear you. And then right. shut up. Right? Yeah. I've got... Uh, a technique that I use where if they if they share something that's really personal with me or something that's really you know that they wouldn't share with anyone else like I'm going through a divorce or whatever else right Right. you know Um, so I say this I say thank you for trusting me enough to share that with me right and then I shut up now what's this do number one this underlies the fact that I was more, I was being um, thankful and and showing gratitude that we had the kind of relationship it, where they could share that with me, right? But it also honors and respects that they're having a difficult time, right? Yes, it honors not only the relationship, but it says it says I hear you without saying mm-hmm. I hear you, which is much better than right. Yeah. And then I shut up, right? And what else did it do? So I didn't try and solve their problem because I really didn't have a solution, right? 
Um, but, uh, you know, I also shut up. But it also, doing that reminds me that what they just shared with me was in confidence. Right. So you sh you trust me enough to share this with me. And the unwritten rule is that you trust me that I won't share it with others. Right? Right. Well, I mean, that that, that is trust. Right. And one guy got back to me about a half an hour later and said, oh, but just 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 to remind you that no no one else knows this is going on and i'd appreciate it if you don't share it with anybody else right and and that's a problem because that's what everybody does right right you say something like that and then it's pray for so and so on twitter right exactly <laughs> pray for somebody is a uh, yeah or you have the or you have the uh, i will pray for you gossip chain right oh that one happens hear? fast yeah did you hear that 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 sue has this problem I think we need, you know, and then they talk about it for five minutes. I think we should pray for her. No, you didn't. You just gossip about her for five minutes. But yeah, responding that way reminds me that they shared it with me in confidence and uh, and then underscores that as well. That's a good one. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good too. Go If something happens to you, if you have your own personal crisis, whether it's losing your job or whatever else, you know you're thriving when you could make it a couple of paychecks or a while without having the bank coming home and banging on your door. Whether that's, whether that's having other social capital or forms of capital that you could trade or whether you have some savings or, you know, or whatever else you have. You've done a, you've done a life intention mm -hmm. or uh, exercise, right? Right. You've looked at your eight forms of capital and you're not immediately panicked mm -hmm. because you see options. Sure. Mm -hmm. Which is what is what we want for everybody. We want everybody in that state of mind. Because I think the thing we have in common with each one of these metrics, right, is that you are moving out of that scarcity and survival mindset right. into an abundant or... An ability to cope, right? There, There is a process I can do that gets me to coping. When you're in survival mode, you don't have that, right? You're in that panic and that flight, fight, or right. flee, right? It, mm -hmm. It's All these have in common that you are moving away from that scarcity and fear mindset, mm -hmm. that stress mindset, into a contented and knowledge you can deal with the situation no matter what it is right and you're never totally you know it's not a utopia right so there's always going to be something else that comes along some of those are growth things some of those are that but even deciding that you want to have a thriving mindset even if you aren't hitting it yet is on the path to thriving and that's a good place to be sure and it is part of thriving mm-hmm So, and I did put in here, if the government puts in a mandate or they pass something, you either don't know about it or it has no impact on you. <laughs> I, have this, is... I, I have this problem so much right now that somebody will make a post on Twitter and uh -huh. I'm like, I don't know who these people are in this meme. Right. Or I don't, I don't know what speech they're referring to. Uh-huh. And it becomes a question of, do I ask and find out? 
or do I just assume that since nobody has gone and explicitly explained it to me, it doesn't matter? Right. Sometimes I do the other one just so everybody yeah. knows I'm not following. Yeah, turn off the news. Turn off the news. You might be surprised. Yeah, I noticed that once I got back into Twitter for, um, you know, making tweets on Thrive in the Future, then uh, there's just so much negative stuff on Twitter that it reaffected my attitude. We need to work on some mental resiliency. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically, or like you said, time box, right? You go. Well, that's part of mental re resiliency, right? right? I know this is a problem for me, so I'm going to limit the problem. Sure. So mm -hmm. I'm only going to get on between this time and this time. I'm only going to do these things. That That's standard training and dis that practiced over and over and over creates the resiliency, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So... You know you're thriving when you have a community which is face-to-face -face and not just all electronic. I think so. Mm -hmm. Humans are... Humans up to this point have been face-to-face -face and everything. Right. That's shifting. I'm not sure that it's going to work. Right. If it does, we lose something. Yeah, but there's a lot sure. of folks that are living on social media and they're thinking on, that they're the, the, in the community they're living on zoom which is not social media but it's still virtual oh yeah you mean at work and stuff at work and socially mm -hmm. there are people dating mm. on zoom right that's messed there's up. a <laughs> <laughs> that's real messed up and I can see some points for it, and I can see some points against it. Mm -hmm. But it's a... Yeah, so I don't... Sorry. No, Engine. that's fine. So one of the ones that when I asked my asked my wife this question, she said, you're satisfied... You are thriving when you are satisfied with what you have, and you know how to make the best of it. I think so, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's... Contentedness is really important. It's not... You should be satisfied with what you have. No, right. it's, 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 it's being, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's being, being content. content. And content can be very hard. Especially but in culture. Give it to me now. When you have so much commercialism, I mean, even, even, even with Christmas, that people don't realize that how much of Christmas is propaganda for the buying and the holiday and everything else that, you know, that's why there's so many people that are depressed. I... I think people get depressed, and this this is speculation and way out there, but Christmas, in a lot of ways, highlights the lack of the community you should have in your life. Mm -hmm. And it's harder to ignore. Mm -hmm. Because you're actively shoving in, buying people gifts to make up for the time you didn't spend with them. You're buying them gifts to make it feel like you're still connected to people. You're running around trying to get together with everybody and all that to make up for all the meals you didn't have with them through the year, right? In a lot of ways, Christmas has become that. And you have to use even higher numbing agents at some point to not see it. And I think that's why people get depressed. Yeah, we're drunk. Well, that's another numbing agent, right? They've added it in, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You said numbing agent. That's that, that, that would be a good one. You know you're thriving when you don't avoid the problems, mm -hmm. you address them.
Okay, I think we covered all of it. Cool. Any parting thoughts? So, listeners, try this at home. Get back and to try us. these ex- try these exercises on your own. You might be surprised with what you come up with. And I think you know, share them with somebody and get feedback. I think part of the reason we're doing this podcast is we did these things and had feedback. Sure. Without the podcast, and it changes the way you see it. Remember mm-hmm. it different. Okay. Well, we'll talk with you next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Thrive in the Future podcast. Check us out at thrivingthefuture.com, Twitter with Thriving the Fute. Check out our Telegram group with a link on our website.